Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You all picked an interesting episode to listen in on for your first time, but also if you have been here now for 64 episodes, that's right, we're on episode number 64, this is going to be interesting for you as well. Those of you listening in for the first time, or for maybe your 63rd time, because you didn't listen to last week's episode, I want to just leave a little side note here. Um... This is part two of a three-part series that I am doing on pain, specifically focusing on emotional pain, but I do talk about physical pain quite a bit um, in this episode, and I will again next week. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I would say it's really important for you to go back, listen to that episode first before coming to this episode. Today, we're talking about understanding pain and its importance. And like I said, I am going to talk about physical pain today, but I'm mainly talking about physical pain so we can sort of um, use it as a foil to our emotional pain. So it's, it's not necessarily that this episode is focused on physical pain, but I'll kind of use physical pain as a way to give examples of how this crosses over into how we deal with our emotional pain, because sometimes it's easier for us to see it when we talk about physical pain. So I'm going to talk about both today. The focus today, though, is on our emotional pain, which is what these three episodes are going to be about. And I know if you follow me on social media, you're thinking that this is actually part two of a two-part series. And that was my intention originally. I wanted to talk about um, our numbing behaviors last week, and then I wanted to talk about pain in general this week and what we want to do with it. And my friends, there's just so, 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 so much here when it comes to the topic of pain, especially involving our emotional pain. And the more I dove into this topic, the more I recognized there was so much that I wanted to talk about. And my outline kept getting longer and longer and longer until it was close to 35 pages And I went back through and I was like, okay, what can I delete out? And there was nothing, nothing that I found in my outline that I was like, okay, that's not important to talk about. And in fact, the more I read through my outline, the more I thought about, oh, wait, I need to mention this. So my friends, I decided in the middle of doing my outline for this week to actually make this a three-part series. 
So today is part two, and we're talking about understanding the importance of pain. And then next week, I want to talk to you all about the process of accepting and processing pain. So this week, what I want the goal to be is to reach an understanding of the true meaning of pain, where it comes from, and how our understanding of it is creating so many problems for us when it involve, when it comes to pain. And then next week, I want to talk to you all about what can we do about this. But it's important that you have both last week's episode and this week's episode listened in on an understanding pain before you just jump into the acceptance part of it and the processing part of it. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit today, how we, we tend to want to rush through our pain because of our belief about it. And next week, I'm going to talk to you all about like how specifically that doesn't serve us and what we want to do instead. So for this week, my friends, this is an episode about understanding. This is an episode about having some aha moments where you might recognize, ah, I never realized I looked at my pain this way. And this could be a huge source of why I'm suffering with it so much. So that's what I want you to get out of today. I'm not going to give you some how-to's this week. This week is about opening your eyes to some awareness of what pain is, why it is important, and why we are struggling with it so much. So let's jump in. What is pain? Why do we experience it? Okay, let's start off with defining pain. And you know I love doing this at the beginning of episodes. So pain. Pain is the interpretation of a stimulus or a sensation. And it's the interpretation of it being uncomfortable, dangerous, or bad. So when we look at pain, I want you to understand that pain is very subjective here, my friends. I want to say that first and foremost. Pain is what some people would just call uncomfortable. Pain has varying intensities associated with it. And this is due to so many factors, some of which we're going to talk about today. So first of all, I want you to understand that pain is very subjective. And that is not to diminish pain. That is because I want to draw out the importance of the fact that what some of us may see with other people when they're, when they're struggling in their pain, and we may be like, oh, that's not painful. My friends, pain is pain. Suffering is suffering. And what I want to talk about today is how much maybe you might be exacerbating your pain or intensifying it or making it worse. But I want us to let go of this idea that pain is this concrete thing and understand that it is a very subjective experience that we have a lot more power in than we're allowing ourselves to see, both when it comes to physical pain and today what we're going to focus mainly on is emotional pain. There's a lot of great literature out there, though, on our power over our own physical pain, too. I don't want to get into that today because, my God, I could talk about that for days. There's so much to talk about. There's so much research going on, and I could get it stuck in so many rabbit holes. But I think what's going to serve you all as my audience the most and what I help people with the most is dealing with emotional pain. So in order to deal with emotional pain, though, we need to understand the concept of pain in general. And we're going to compare it to physical pain because sometimes, like I said, it's easier to understand if we look at it through the lens of physical pain. So if you can imagine, pain is this built-in safety system almost. And it's a system that our brain has evolved and developed to help in keeping us alive. Okay, it is there to tell us things like, hey, there's something going on here and it needs your attention and it might be dangerous for you. 
When it comes to pain, it is there to warn us of something we want to pay attention to in order to avoid further injuring ourselves or harming ourselves in some way. And when we're talking about emotional pain, yes, we can. I talked about it last week. We can re-injure ourselves in our emotional pain when we're trying to numb it away with these buffering behaviors or avoid it. So in my, in my research that I was doing to prepare for this episode today, I found some really fascinating stuff about pain. And I want to talk to you all about some of that today. And one of the things that I found is that there are people on this planet who cannot experience pain. And a lot of us, we may look at them and be like, oh, I'm so envious of them that they can't experience pain. I wish I couldn't experience pain. So many of us have such stories surrounding our pain that we think pain is something we need to resist and get rid of and it shouldn't be happening. But here's the thing. There are actually people on this planet that they cannot experience pain, physical pain. And they are what I want you to what I want you to see here is that even though you may think that you're jealous of them, these people are always in constant danger because their brain is not able to give them the signal of pain and the discomfort and fear associated with it from our evolution as humans. And this puts them in a lot of danger. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. So, but what's interesting is that our brain evolved to perceive pain so that it could prompt us to avoid sources of pain in order to survive. So pain is important. It is a necessary part of our life. So I want to start this episode by saying that I am in no way making this episode to imply that we are somehow broken in how we perceive and respond to pain. It is in our biological wiring. It is in our our evolution But, as with all stages of evolution, what I want to bring our attention to and suggest today is that what got us here to the stage where we are now will not be what gets us to where we are wanting to go. So, learning to survive in the water was not what helped us learn to breathe air and survive on land. And in case you're wondering what I mean, what I mean is that on at some point in time on this planet, all that existed were bacteria and single-celled organisms that slowly evolved to bigger and bigger organisms in the water. And then eventually some creatures ventured out onto land and learned to breathe air. And then eventually down the line, here come humans. So I know that some of you out there believe in the story of creation, so you can skip over that part if, if you don't believe in evolution. But for those of you who do follow the, the story of evolution... This is true. Our, our fear or our ability to survive and adapt to living in water is not what taught us to survive and breathe air and be able to live on land. Another example, for those of you who don't subscribe to the, the idea of evolution, imagine also at one point in time, fire. It was something that we feared. Our fear and avoidance to fire is not what got us to our stage of evolution where we learn to use fire for warmth and cooking our food, and used it as a way to increase our ability to survive. At one point in time, fire was something that only happened when when things like volcanoes erupted, or we had a drought and the sun caught some plants on fire, or when lightning struck and caused a fire. And we feared fire because we saw the damage that it did. And it would kill animals, and it would even kill us if we got trapped in it. And we would run from it because it could kill us. It was not until we learned to lean into our fear of it, and to learn fire, 
and to lean into the pain that we experienced surrounding fire, that then we learned that fire could be used as a very powerful tool for us that could help us. And my friends, what I want to say is the same concept there applies to pain and our fear of it. And we're going to talk more about that later. So we fast forward to today and we have pain. And remember that pain was evolved to help us to survive, to avoid things that could kill us. So we fast forward to today where we have very few of these survival pains left in the world. Very few places where people are living with these survival pains of possibly freezing to death at nighttime or starving to death or watching their loved ones constantly being eaten by animals. And what I'm not saying is that I know that there are people on this planet that are still struggling with this and living in places like this and and having this pain. But what I want to say is for the most part, those of you out there listening to here on this podcast, Podcast. If you have something to listen to me on this podcast and hear me, you are living in a place where this mostly never happens. But we still have and experience pain, both physical and emotional. And emotional pain is perceived as quite the same as physical pain in our brain because of how we are taught, or not how we are taught, but how we have evolved to experience pain. And we are applying the same fear of pain to these emotional pains. The same fear that we would apply to pains involved in our survival. And our fear of pain is creating some huge problems for us now when it comes to how we handle our emotional pain and even our physical pain. So what got us here is the constant avoidance of pains and seeking pleasure. One of those was the avoidance of the pain of hunger and the constant seeking of the pleasure of food in order to survive. Seeking the comfort of food at all costs meant survival for us up until now. But now, food is everywhere. And this constant quest for comfort through food is actually what is killing us. And our resistance to pain or discomfort and our fear of pain is where so much of the human population is falling into this trap of food and causing it to be what is killing us now through things like obesity, diabetes, all of the varying metabolic disorders and cancers, etc. So again, what got us here is not going is not what's going to get us where we want to go. And my friends, excuse the noise in the background. Apparently, they've just decided to start um, blowing some debris off of our courtyard outside because we had some windstorms the other night. So if you hear some noise in the background, there's some people working in our courtyard outside of our apartment building right now. So back to the topic at hand, what got us here is not going to get us where we want to go. And what we want to do is take a serious look at pain and our avoidance of it. And What we want to do is start to look at how we can use pain to serve us now in a time where survival pain is not our problem, but our avoidance of pain for comfort in the world, where comfort exists everywhere, is becoming our problem and is becoming what is killing us. So it is actually the process of learning to lean into pain and understand it that is going to help us here. Choosing pain over comfort is what will help us here. And I know that is a tough sell. I know some of you are like, no, sir, not going to do that. (laughs) And I understand you. I do. I completely understand you. But just hear me out here. Choosing pain, choosing the pain of not eating 
When our brain perceives the option of food being present or close by and nudges us to seek the comfort of it, and it does so with this life or death urgency, choosing to stick with the pain or the discomfort of not eating is going to serve us here. And dealing with our emotional pain that comes along with that of feeling deprived and feeling like we're, we're trapped or feeling like we're being punished in some way, learning how to lean into that and understand where that is coming from is what's going to help us survive now because avoiding that and just giving into the urge of our brain constantly saying, seek food, seek food, seek food, because our brain has evolved to think that's what's going to keep us alive. Learning to pay attention to that and learning to work in a way that, that uses our biology, but against that process of just giving in and eating food, this is going to be what serves us now. And I know for many of you, this is a hard sell. I get it. Asking you to choose pain over pleasure feels like the opposite of logic. <laughs> it really does. I mean, our brains have evolved to tell us to constantly seek pleasure and food, and, and this is how we're going to survive. But it is what is necessary when we live in a world where we are surrounded by the option of comfort everywhere. And on top of that, the pleasure and the comfort that is available to us is predominantly this man-made concentrated false pleasure that our brain has not evolved yet from a biological perspective to accommodate for or handle in a way that is healthy for us or our bodies. And I'm talking things like alcohol. So think wine and liquor and beer. Our brain has not evolved to know how to handle and accommodate for the pleasure of that with its drive to seek pleasure for survival. So we get stuck in these, these concentrated versions of pleasure that are false pleasures. Food, too. The things that we label as food. Processed sugar. Processed flour. All of these processed foods that, that the food industry has created to reach these bliss points in our brain. That tell our brain, like, this is life right here. Get as much of it as you can. But in fact, is killing us. Because we don't know how to stop with it because we're constantly trying to avoid our emotional pain with that food. That only small amounts of it, if any at all, are, are not going to create dishealth in our body. So what I am talking with you all about today, I get it. It feels hard to wrap the brain around and accept when the brain's strongest drive is to seek pleasure at all costs. And I am here talking to you all about how we want to choose pain and avoid pleasuring ourselves all of the time. And that's, I get it, it sounds crazy, but it is so important for us to start recognizing. So important. What is interesting is that we see and we understand this concept and we even accept it so often when it comes to physical pain. And you're like, huh, what are you talking about? So we choose not to see this when it comes to emotional pain or discomfort. But when it comes to physical pain, we will choose to accept it and lean into it. For instance, we know that exercising and pushing ourselves past what is comfortable will benefit us in the long run. We go to physical therapy after injuries and push ourselves past the pain point because we know it will serve us in the long run. And many of us do this. We go to gyms. We go running. We push ourselves in various sporting activities. We know that the pain we are experiencing now will benefit us in a way we want 
in the long run if we just lean into it and keep moving forward. But when it comes to emotional pain, so often what I see is people doing the opposite. It's resisting it, thinking you can delay it or get away from it as fast as possible. And we can see now the obvious effects of this. The, the destructive byproducts of these tactics are coming up all throughout humanity. We have obesity, we have diabetes, we have cancers that are evolving from overeating and overindulging in cigarettes and alcohol and so many different things that we overindulge in. We have substance addictions, we have physical abuse that people are taking part in to avoid their emotional pain, sexual abuse to avoid their emotional pain. We see the many ways in which our mental health declines from avoiding emotional pain and trying to resist it. Think things like anxiety and depression. There is so much evidence for the fact of how we can create these states in our brain. We can look through a lens of a story we are telling ourselves about life to perceive the world in a way that creates depression and anxiety. And when we follow the source back, it goes back to this emotional pain resistance or trying to escape from emotional pain. So this raises the question. This raises the question. If pain is so beneficial for us to lean into and experience, then why do we resist it? Why do we resist it? If it's so important, Seth, if it's so important that we lean into pain, then why is everyone resisting it? That's the question, the million-dollar question. So I've got a few, a few things to talk about here when it comes to this. Number one is our biology, as I talked about before. Remember that our brain is wired to avoid discomfort. And so often, and I've talked about this before in previous episodes, we forget that our brain is a tool that we get to use. And if we don't use it, it will use us. And when it comes to emotional pain, it is doing so. Because our brain is wired to avoid discomfort. So choosing to move into discomfort is already it's already a hard sell for most people and the brain is already kicking and screaming the entire way. And if you don't understand that and understand your dominion over your own brain, you're just going to be like no, screw this, I'm not doing that and numb yourself to death, literally to death in this life through a bunch of suffering and pain. So this is a hard sell for most people. I get it because of our brain's wiring. Even though we can see that our avoidance of discomfort is what is now killing us, or at least I'm hoping you'll be able to see that by the end of this episode today. And on top of that, as I said, we've created this world where we live in, where we're surrounded by so many artificially concentrated forms of pleasure that are available to us everywhere, like alcohol, flour, sugar, social media, and the effect that that has on our dopamine response in the brain. And then we've got the food and entertainment industries working tirelessly to create more and more concentrated, immediately gratifying forms of these artificial pleasures to help us reinforce our fear of pain and our desire to escape it through pleasure. So it is even further compounded because we not only are at this point in our evolution where we are going against our biological drive, which we don't even understand that we're able to do because most of us think that our brain uses us, but then on top of that, we're surrounded by these concentrated false forms of pleasure that our biological drive is urging us to keep seeking. And if we don't know this, if we don't see this, and if we don't know how to take our power back in this, well, we can see the road that it's taking us down, my friends. 
Look at the the obesity epidemic spreading around the world. Spreading around the world as as countries develop and start adopting the American diet, my friends. It's the, that that diet started in America, and as it spreads around the world with these comfort foods, with these bliss points, with these starches and sugars, and you know refined carbohydrates and hydrogenated vegetable oils, and you know all of these things, we're watching it slowly destroy people's bodies all around the world. So we can see it in our physical health. We can see it. So much physical disease, but not just that, mental disease being created from this constant quest to seek pleasure and avoid comfort. And what I want to say is, yeah, it benefited us when things that brought us true pleasure were kind of scarce. When we had to go out and find our food, when we had to go out and, and build our shelter and create fire to stay warm. And find people to surround ourselves with so that we weren't in danger all the time and we could rely on each other to, I can sleep while you keep a lookout and, you know, I'll, I'll sleep while you, or you sleep while I, I keep a lookout. You know, we, we were faced with, with comforts being scarce. And then it was, it was beneficial for us for our drive to push us to seek comfort because the, the, the lack of it was literally what was killing us. We didn't need to avoid them then the pleasures. But now we have the pleasures everywhere and they're not even true. They're concentrated and false and our brain is not designed to be able to handle and accommodate for them. And the discomforts we face, generally speaking, are not going to kill us. The emotional discomforts are not going to kill us. Are there some physical discomforts still occurring in the world today that could kill us? Sure, yes, I'm not talking about those. But the emotional discomfort is not going to kill you. So the discomforts you're mainly facing aren't going to kill you. The discomfort of being honest. When, it, when someone else might take it in a way and run off and be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. The discomfort of learning something new and facing this idea of failure in our head or facing this idea of judgment. This, this discomfort of putting in work to fulfill our true desires inside us and show up as the person who we truly want to be on the inside. Those discomforts, we're avoiding them and seeking pleasure and killing ourselves with it. And underneath all of the escaping, avoiding, and buffering away of the discomfort, we are just creating so much suffering for ourselves. Our avoidance of discomfort now is not expanding our lives to more possibility of survival. It is actually now shrinking our lives and killing us. And most people are completely unaware of this and how it's impacting them. They just keep repeating these cycles of avoiding discomfort and wondering why they can't show up in their lives the way that they truly want to. It is why so many people can't lose weight that want to, even when the weight is causing their physical health to decline in some very dangerous ways. It's why so many people feel trapped in addictions and feel like the, the addiction has control over them. It's why so many people feel stuck in jobs or relationships or careers that they truly do not want to be in but believe that there's no way out. It's this constant avoidance of pain and discomfort that is creating this soup for us, this, this painful soup of suffering that we keep just swallowing down and thinking it's out there. We've got to keep fighting off the things out there that are causing it and not looking at the true source of our pain because we're avoiding it and we are surrounded by ways to do it. There are so many ways in which our current tactics of resistance, delaying, or trying to hurry up and escape discomfort 
are leading us down a path that is harming us tremendously and creating suffering for us. But we keep doing it because what got us here isn't what's going to get us to where we want to go. And most of us don't realize that we are allowing what got us here to keep us stuck here. And in order to change that, we will want to take the time to understand how our biology is affecting our decisions surrounding pain and understanding our power in that biology. Decisions to act with tactics that instead we're making decisions to act with tactics that perpetuate our pain and create suffering. Here's the thing, my friends, and we're going to talk about this more next week. You cannot get out of this life without pain. Pain is part of the deal. But suffering is entirely optional, and we create suffering by resisting pain. So let's look at another reason why it is that we are so resistant to pain. We've got our biology. The next one is our misunderstanding of the source of pain. When it comes to physical pain, it can be coming from any number of sources, quote-unquote. And we're going to talk about why I say quote-unquote there later. What I want to talk about today, though, is how we exacerbate that physical pain and where the true source of it actually is, but not to diminish the pain itself. And I want to talk about the suffering that we create alongside the physical pain by our own thinking about the pain. If you can imagine being afraid of needles, like I was for the longest time, my friends, my fear of needles, it was so intense and my thoughts that I had surrounding what, what a needle was going to be doing in my body if someone put it in me, and how dangerous that was, and that it was going to kill me, and therefore I, I just needed to escape it. It made my experience of the, the, the quote-unquote pain of needles so much worse. I created so much suffering for myself surrounding the idea of getting a shot or having blood taken. And my mom often reminds me of this funny story... Uh, it's maybe not so funny for her at the time, but in hindsight, it's a bit laughable. We can laugh about it now, of me trying to escape a needle at the doctor's office. And what happened was, is they were, I forget if, I think I was getting a vaccine. I think that's what it was. And I didn't want the needle in my arm. So they had nurses in there holding my arms down. And my mom was in there holding one arm, then another nurse was holding the other, and then the, the, there was the other nurse trying to administer the vaccine, and I was so terrified as I saw the needle coming towards my arm that I kicked the nurse that was, um, that was trying to hold me down, and I think I may have even broken the needle off in my arm, and I took off running out of the office and down the hallway... <laughs> And I was getting on an elevator and my mom was pregnant with my little brother at the time. I want to say she was like about to pop when she was so pregnant with him. And here she is trying to chase me down the hallway with these nurses and doctors in tow. And I'm getting on an elevator like, screw this, I'm out. And they caught me. They did. I actually, I don't remember really what happened after that. I'm sure I ended up getting the vaccine anyways. But my friends, I created so much fear and, and struggle and suffering for myself surrounding needles. But here's the thing. I chose to do some work surrounding my story of needles and, and the pain it caused me because I realized I'm going to be getting shots my entire life. I'm going to be having needles stuck in me my entire life, getting blood drawn, getting vaccines, getting medicine, because this helps me. It helps me to stay alive. And if I want to be able to survive this and not suffer my way through life, 
I want to look at my story about needles and why is it that some people aren't afraid of them and are okay with going to get shots? And why is it that I'm breaking off needles in my arm and kicking people and running down the hallway to try and escape them? And slowly, I leaned into my experience of needles and worked my way up to being able to get shots without running away. And even now, I'm able to watch them put the needle in my arm and take blood out of my arm. Every six months, I get blood work done to check and make sure that everything's okay. And, uh, you know, I'm at the age now in my life where I want to know if, if some kind of blood abnormality is happening. I want to catch it as early as possible. And I can actually sit there now and watch them taking the blood out of my arm. I feel a tiny prick, and then there's just some pressure. And then it's over within a minute or two. I can even go now and spend five hours laying on a table and having someone stab me millions of times over and over again with a needle to draw all over my skin and give me a beautiful tattoo. I have seven tattoos now, and I can breathe into the experience of it. It's fascinating to me that I'm able to do that now just because of me choosing to change my story surrounding the pain of needles. And what I want to say, my friends, with this, the reason I'm telling you this is because this same concept applies to our emotional pain. So often, we make our emotional pain so much more intense and powerful and, and worse than it actually is because of our, mis our misunderstanding of the source of it, which is a thought that we are having about it, a story that we have about it. So we avoid so much of our lives believing that things outside of us are the source of the pain, our emotional pain. And then we create more pain and suffering for ourselves as we shrink our lives smaller and smaller and smaller to avoid what we think is the source of the pain. All the while, guess what? We're still living with the source of our emotional pain, which is our thinking. So we never escape the pain, but we shrink our lives almost to the point where all that's left that exists in it is that source of pain. And then we are suffering, resisting that pain and not allowing ourselves to see where it is coming from. And we do this so often in our lives, blaming other people for being our, the, the source of our pain. And then so we shrink our lives and cut people out and cut people out and cut people out. And we never allow ourselves to see that it's our thinking about what these people are doing and saying that is causing us our pain. And our thinking does not go away when that person goes away. Our beliefs about ourselves don't go away when that person goes away. So we shrink and shrink and shrink our lives and avoid opportunities and avoid possibility to avoid this quote-unquote pain. All the while, all we're doing is shrinking our lives around until all that's left is that little ball of pain that becomes our entire life. And this creates so much suffering for us. Which brings me to one of those stories that I want to talk about specifically when it comes to pain that we are creating suffering for ourselves with and why we resist it. And it's the story of fear surrounding pain. We fear it from an evolutionary perspective. Up until now, fearing pain served us because it avoided things that were going to harm us or kill us. Now it's our fear of pain that's actually harming us and killing us. Look at all the diseases of overindulgence and pleasure that exist today because of our fear of pain and our constant quest to seek comfort and pleasure to avoid it. But pain is not the problem here. 
It is that our fear of pain compounds the pain. Because without awareness of this, uh, an awareness of what we can do with that natural instinct when it comes to pain, what happens is pain appears to cause us to take these actions that compound our pain and keep us in it even longer and further intensify our pain, such as resisting, delaying, or trying to get out of it as soon as possible. And so our fear of pain actually creates more pain for us. We intensify it. We string it out. So let's talk about how pain is experienced, because I think this is so important for us to understand in order for us to untangle this biological drive to get out of pain. And this is its so fascinating to understand. And I think it's truly helpful in unraveling the power that we allow pain to have over us. And if we remember the definition of pain, going back to the very, very beginning of the episode, pain is this interpretation of a stimulus or sensation as being uncomfortable, dangerous, or bad, and therefore to be avoided. But that word interpretation is so important here. Because when we look at physical pain we learn something fascinating that applies to our emotional pain. And then we can unlock some serious human power that we have been hiding from ourselves when it comes to our emotional pain. So, interpretation. What's fascinating about it is when we talk about physical pain, we'll talk about like, so where is the pain? And we might say like, my finger, or my hand, or my arm, or my leg, or my hip, or my back. But here's the thing, pain, the interpretation of pain doesn't happen at the site where we think we experience the pain. For instance, if I break my hand, which I have, and my friends, ow, (laughs) it hurt so effing bad. So when I was in college, I was involved in this, this class where we were talking about um, sports psychology, and our teacher was wanting to talk about teamwork. And so in order to ex- exemplify teamwork, she had us play a game, a game of tug-of-war. And I got volunteered to go up and play tug-of-war with a bunch of football players. And so I was on one side, and there were, and I had football players behind me, and then there were football players on the other side, and I was right in the front facing the football players on the other side. And my friends, I hadn't played tug-of-war since I was a kid, so I forgot all the rules of tug-of-war, and somehow in my head at the time, I thought it was a bright idea to wrap the rope around my hand. And no one noticed that I did it, but I did. And the, t- the teacher gave the go, and everyone started pulling, and immediately these like massive strong football players grabbed the rope and from both ends were jerking it and the rope literally just gripped oh, a hold of my hand so tight my hand like literally just shot open I couldn't move it and I felt this pain and I was like oh my god stop and nobody stopped because they didn't hear me and I was like stop and nobody stopped and then finally I heard I heard my hand snap I heard a pop pop in my hand and I was like let go of that rope and everyone just like stopped and dropped the rope and I like took my hand out of the rope and I shook it and I was like, I just broke my hand. (laughs) And my friends, it hurt so bad. It crushed three of the bones in my hand. And here's the thing. What was so interesting is while I was in pain, you know, I had this cast on and, and the pain served me to remind me my hand is broken. I need to protect it. I need to take care of it. I need to not use it. The pain was there to remind me you have an injury in your hand. And... 
um, and and to, to keep it safe so it can heal. But here's what was so interesting is that after I took the cast off and I had access to my entire hand again, the nerve damage that I had experienced that was created by the, the, the bones being crushed left an entire section of my hand feeling numb. I could experience some sensations that felt like pressure or itching, but here's what was crazy. I could cut or scratch or hit that area of my hand, and I could see the injury caused by it, but not feel what I perceived as pain on that part of my hand. Another strange thing was what might occur is that I would injure that part of my hand, and I would experience pain from it where it felt like it was somewhere else. It felt like it was maybe on my finger or further up my arm. And I would look down and recognize it was my hand where it was numb that was injured. And this brings me to the fascinating part about pain. Pain only ever happens in our brain. It doesn't happen where we think the injury is. And I want to I say this really quick here. I know this, this whole saying of it's only in your head gets used so often to dismiss people's experience of life and their suffering and their pain. And this is not what I'm trying to do here. Pain only exists in our brain, and this does not mean that the pain is not real. That is how pain is experienced. But here's the thing. Until it reaches the brain, it is simply a sensation that a nerve is sending to the brain for interpretation. We interpret it in a part of our brain called the parietal lobe. This is also where our brain perceives sensory information from the entire body. But what makes pain especially fascinating is that there's another part of the brain that is responsible for telling us that that sensation that is being interpreted is unpleasant for us or uncomfortable or dangerous. And that part of the brain is called the anterior cingulate cortex. And this is where our fear of pain is generated. And that fear of pain is what helps us to recognize things like when our hand is broken to avoid using it so that it can heal. It is what helps us recognize when we put our hand on a hot stove and it starts burning to pull our hand away and don't ever do it again. But here is where it gets really interesting as well. This is why those people that I talked about earlier where they couldn't experience pain. It has to do with this part of the brain. Also, this is why for some people they appear to have this this high pain tolerance. And it comes from the message that their brain creates surrounding certain sensations that we would maybe call pain and be like, oh no, that's bad. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Get away, get away, get away. For them, when the signal reaches their brain and it goes about answering the question of, is this signal unbearably pleasant and therefore probably dangerous and going to kill us? Or is this just a little bit uncomfortable but not going to kill us? So do I think it's dangerous? This is where that message gets interpreted as something that they are willing to allow to experience because they know that something good is coming on the other side of it. Think things like exercise or getting a deep tissue massage. Sometimes those deep tissue massages feel quite painful, but we're willing to lean into that pain because we know something good is happening on the other side. And the more we do it, actually, the less intense that painful feeling is when we just breathe into it and allow it to be there. I think back of the fact for when I was a kid, I had some serious issues with my brain processing pain or sensations in certain part of my body. So I've done a lot of work in my teenage years and in my adult years through these messages of pain 
to change them to ones that serve me and allow me to lean more into pain and for, for the purpose of my higher and truer desires in life and to stop trying to just avoid discomfort at all costs. So one of the things that I remember when I was a kid was that I was afraid of having things between my toes. The sensation was interpreted in my brain as being dangerous. Something about that feeling of something between my toes to me felt like this is dangerous, it's bad, it needs to stop, something bad is happening, it's going to injure me, it's going to hurt me, something. So this led to many temper tantrums in the summer with flip-flop sandals. (laughs) Or when I was a kid taking my shoes off at very inconvenient times and throwing myself on the ground because my sock had bunched itself between my toes or under my toenails. And to me at the time, my brain interpreted this as being dangerous and that it had to be stopped immediately. And because of my unawareness of this and my unawareness of how it actually wasn't dangerous for me and me not knowing about my brain's biology to want to convince me to avoid that discomfort, well, it led to some very frustrating events for me and my family. Also, my fear of needles that I spoke about earlier. I mean, remember, my mom had to chase me down a doctor's office hallway as I was trying to get into an elevator while she was seven, eight months pregnant, (laughs) trying to avoid a needle. But here's the thing. Now I can wear flip-flops without an issue. Now my socks get stuck between my toes regularly without an issue. And I can get tattoos or get blood work done and breathe into it and even enjoy the experience of the sensation of pain Because I visualize that at the end, that pain won't kill me, but is bringing me closer to something that I want, knowing that I'm healthy, getting a tattoo. How our brains interpret sensations and the story they tell us about the sensations plays a huge role in whether we accept the sensation as being a part of the process toward what we want or if we run away from it. And this translates over into emotional pain. But the vast majority of us remain unaware of any of this going on. And on top of that, we try to avoid pain. We think it's bad. It needs to be gotten rid of. We need to get out of it as soon as possible if we experience. And then if we're not experiencing it, avoid, avoid, avoid. And we do so with comfort. So here's what's interesting about pain and our idea that it's it's something to be gotten rid of. That pain is bad. That pain is something that we should fear. So do you remember those people that I talked about at the beginning of episode that don't experience pain? Or at least this is how it's described that they don't experience pain. So here's the thing. They actually do experience pain, but their brain does not interpret it as unpleasant. I want you to think about that. This creates so many problems for them from a safety standpoint. If they have burning water running over their hand and they don't perceive the sensation as being unpleasant, they might just keep letting the water run over their hand until it causes enough damage to the tissue of their hand to a level where they can visually see it with their eyes and then they might remove their hand from the water. But by then, serious and even irreversible damage can have occurred. So you see, this is, it's, it's problematic from a survival standpoint to not experience pain. Which is why we have developed this part of the brain that tells us that pain is uncomfortable and therefore to be avoided. So it almost, it's interesting because a part of our brain is telling us to avoid pain, but then also by avoiding pain, pain is also what signals us to some very important stuff. 
So now this creates a whole new set of issues for us. When we live in a world where most of our discomfort is not coming from physical danger to bodily harm or to us possibly dying, most of our pain is coming from our own thinking about circumstances and what so-and-so said about us or did to us. And when this is processed in the same part of the brain without our awareness of what is going on, we end up metaphorically, quote-unquote, pulling our hand out of the burning water, where the burning water does not exist. Or we end up seeking comfort or, or pleasure to avoid experiencing the pain. And we don't see its true source. So we start cutting people out of our lives to avoid our own thinking about ourselves, which doesn't work, because cutting a person out of our life doesn't avoid our thinking about ourselves. The pain is still present in our life because we never understood the true source of it. We go about shrinking and shrinking our lives further and further and still experience the pain we're trying to avoid. So we try and buffer it away with pleasure. And we do so in the form of these man-made, super-concentrated false pleasures that end up harming us. And then we don't know how to stop seeking them constantly. So we create more and more pain for ourselves by thinking that pain is something to be gotten rid of and avoided. And when we do that, we never learn the true source. So I want to talk about the fact that our problem with pain is the way that we approach pain, especially when it comes to emotional pain, but also with physical pain. Our resistance to it intensifies it so much. But currently our approach with emotional pain, when we are unaware of it, of what's actually going on, where it's actually coming from, we are letting our biology hack us. We are unaware of the true source of our pain, so we are giving all of our power to our thinking when we're the ones that actually have the power over it. And then we let it create suffering for us. We are giving our power to our brain, which is a tool that we actually have the power over. And so we end up feeling powerless in our own life full of suffering. So here's what's interesting that I want you to take from this this part of this talk today. Before we move on, pain only exists in our brain. This is true with physical and emotional pain. And this realization is not to diminish the experience of pain or to say that it's not real or to say that we shouldn't experience pain or that pain is, you know, somehow something to be diminished. But remember, the original purpose of pain is to show us something that is dangerous for us to pay attention, and so that we can allow something to either heal or avoid further injury. So what I'm saying here today is that our current approach isn't working for that. It's not serving that purpose. And the pain that we are experiencing when it comes to emotional pain isn't going to kill us. And we are allowing our pain to lie to us here. We are having pain, but it's not serving us for its intended purpose. Instead, we're using it to shrink our lives and to seek pleasure to the point where we are actually hurting ourselves. That's what's causing the real damage here, not the pain. And I'm not here to say that sometimes we don't want pain to cause immediate reactions in us in certain situations. Like I said, like pulling our hand off of a hot stove or when we step on something sharp and pulling our foot away. Or when we accidentally cut ourselves cooking and we drop the knife instead of continuing to just cut into our own hand. These are instances in which these almost immediate responses to pain, that it's dangerous, that actually serves us. But what I'm wanting to say with all of this is that we don't always want this reaction to pain. But the urge to do so is there. 
And we can only do something about it to evolve to our next level as humans by using this understanding of pain. Then when it comes to emotional pain, we can begin to see the difference between the pain and our story about it and the suffering that that story creates and the disempowerment that that story is creating for us. We can begin to see how much we perpetuate the pain and intensify it because of our story surrounding pain and the fact that we need to avoid it. This is something I want you all to begin to consider today or begin to consider how much you intensify your experience of pain with your resistance to it and your avoidance of it. That is our biggest problem with pain. Our biggest problem with pain is that we see it as a problem to be avoided or gotten rid of. And pain is not the problem. Pain is a necessary part of the human experience that allows us to experience life more fully. Pain lets us know where there is wounding to be healed. And that wounding can be physical and it can be emotional. And both of these are vital to heal. But guess what? When we are avoiding our pain and we never see the true source of it, we can't heal it. Because we think we're healing it by avoiding the people that we thought caused the pain. Because we don't see the true source of it. And then we're just re-injuring the wound over and over and over again as we numb ourselves wondering why we're still in pain and shrink our lives even further and shrink our lives even further and deepen those wounds and make them worse. So we don't want a life without pain. We want to begin to learn how we can choose pain now instead of trying to escape and delay and avoid it and creating more intense pain and suffering by doing so. And I'm not trying to say that this is going to be easy to do or that it is easy to do. But one thing that I have been practicing is noticing my desire to hurry up and get out of pain when I'm in it or my belief that I can somehow delay it. And I've started asking myself, why do I see pain as a problem that I need to get out of it? If it is here to show me something important to pay attention to in my thinking and my believing, why am I in a rush to get out of it? Why do I see it as something that I can't bear and therefore need to hurry through? Am I able to just be with it and listen? Can I experience my pain more fully in a way that serves me? Can I accept my pain and even welcome it as a friend? And the truth is that we can. The truth is that everyone can. You're not too weak to do it. Just because you're not practiced at doing it doesn't mean you're too weak to do it. And this is what I want you all to begin opening yourselves to the idea of, is beginning to consider this for yourself. How much is your resistance to pain, your attempt to delay it or escape it as fast as possible, creating so much more suffering for you in your life? How different would your life be if pain wasn't a problem? It was something that you welcomed into your life and chose at every opportunity to lean into and learn from and grow through instead of resisting it. And I'm not here to say that when we do so that all of a sudden pain feels good. That's not what I'm trying to say either. But here's what does happen. Your ability to process pain increases. The intensity of the vibration of pain decreases. You see, you increase the vibration and intensity of pain through resistance to it. But when you listen to your pain and lean into it with acceptance, compassion, and curiosity, the vibration of the pain becomes so much less intense. It's still not comfortable, but you don't want it to be. You want to lean into it and learn from it. Find its source. Where is the place in my thinking, in my story, and my beliefs that I am creating this pain 
Why am I holding on to this belief, this story? Why am I thinking these things? Where did it come from? Do I want to keep doing this? And if so, how do I use this in a way that empowers me now and stops creating suffering? For those of you who want to do this and learn to lean into your pain and use it for you instead of against you, there are lots of things that we can begin to practice in our life to do so. I'm going to talk to you about those practices that you can begin to move into in order to accept pain and and process it. I'm going to talk to you about those next week. For this week, I want to leave this episode here because I want to leave this as an episode where it's not about me telling you what to do or what you can do. I want to leave this as a, an opening event. I want, to, I want you to use this episode as an opportunity to open yourself to curiosity surrounding your pain instead of closing yourself off to it and resisting it. I want you all to take this week to begin to notice the places in your life where you might be resisting pain, trying to delay the experience of it, or you notice this pattern of rushing through pain to hurry up and get away from it, only to find yourself back in the midst of it again later and more intensified. I want you all to take this week to begin to open your perception of what pain is, where it actually exists, and how frequently you see it as being a problem to get rid of as fast as you can. Maybe not even just in your own life. Maybe you find yourself also immediately wanting to eliminate pain from other people's lives around you instead of offering them the space to be with their pain and process it and learn from it. Do you try to rush them through their pain too because of your own fear surrounding pain? And what you make pain mean. Do you find yourself doing that in life? How much suffering does that create for you? Especially when the person doesn't do what you suggest and therefore they're still in pain and then you're suffering alongside of them because you think they need to hurry up and be out of pain. How much suffering are you creating in your life because of this? Trying to delay, avoid, or rush through pain for yourself or someone else. What stories do you have surrounding yourself and your ability to process pain? How much pain do those stories create for you? How much disempowerment do those stories create for you? How do those contribute to this pattern of resisting, delaying, or rushing through pain? I want you all to begin to think about this this week. That's what I want this episode to be for. To think. Open yourselves up. Start becoming aware of where you are in your story of pain. and your experience of pain in life. Next week, I'm going to talk to you all about some concepts that you can begin to receive into your way of thinking and believing about pain that will help with acceptance and processing of pain. I want you all to know, though, as always, if this is something you are struggling with, I recommend working with a coach or a therapist. The habit of pain and creating it, along with the suffering through resisting pain, is one that can be very confusing to navigate and see on your own because you're so close to it. And having someone there to guide you into and hold space for you and your pain and help you to see your stories surrounding it and help you to be in it in a way where you come out on the other side thriving versus suffering. Having that someone there to help you see how your story around pain is creating so much suffering for you and your power to stop creating that suffering. This is a huge, huge key to moving out of the habit of pain. And we're going to talk more about that habit of pain next week because I find that to be very interesting. So I leave this here with you all. My friends, pain is real. Me talking about this this way is not trying to say that pain is not real and that, you know, it's it's not uncomfortable. It is all in the brain, but that does not make it not real. The question is, are you using that real experience of pain for you? 
or against you to create more suffering and resistance in your life and to make it smaller and to shrink it more and more until all that's left is that pain and suffering. That's what I want you all to take from today. Start looking at that. All right, my friends. I love you all. I wish you a week of opening yourself up to the idea of pain not being a problem, but something that you want to choose. I wish you a week of opening yourself to that pain that you may have been resisting, and by doing so, that you've been creating suffering for yourself. I wish you a week of opening yourself to that and releasing that suffering. And I'm here for anyone who is looking for someone to talk to about this pain. All right, my friends, I love you all. I'm going to talk to you all next week about how we can begin processing and releasing and accepting our pain in part three, okay? So enjoy the rest of your week, and until we meet again here next week, ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at SethLusk underscore coaching. Again, that is SethLusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook and my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.